is Vito LaBella. Vito LaBella, fighting for New York. I'm Vito LaBella, the Vito LaBella, fighting for New York, where we talk to ordinary New Yorkers who've taken time out of their lives and away from careers to fight for the city they love. My next guest is very simpatico with me. He is a former member, like I am, of the NYPD, Chief Thomas Chen. The chief retired as the highest-ranking Asian-American member of the New York City Police Department. At the time, I believe, was chief of transportation. Yes. Uh, he retired a few years ago. He loves hunting and fishing the way I do, and he takes time out all of the time to, to, to speak with candidates, political politicians, and elected officials to try to address all of the craziness that uh, has been going on in New York City. And uh, there's no shortage of, of topics that we can talk about, right? When you talk about the craziness of New York City, and especially how you know, it's impacted policing over the last few years with the defund the police movement and all of the other the crazy nonsense that, that's been going on. So anyway, Chief, thank you. Welcome. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Pleasure Thank you, Chief. Today. Thank you for inviting me here today, Vito. You're very welcome. So listen, I, I have to confess, I, I have to talk about a, an incident that happened um, back in 2020. That was the, the George Floyd protest, and some members, some high-ranking chief of department, I believe, the chief of patrol, in response to an incident, they, they knelt down. And I understood what they were trying to do intuitively. They were trying to de-escalate de a situation which is what we're trained to do. And unfortunately, people took my intention out of context and that they've been criticizing me that this, this really legitimate attempt by the chiefs and my support of their actions to de-escalate, to, to cool down the temperature, in some way means that I didn't support the police. So I, I, you know, at the time, I made a mistake because in hindsight, nothing anybody could have done would have would have stopped the riots and the looting and everything that happened because it was only marginally about George Floyd it was like World War one right what was the match point it was the assassination of uh, Duke Ferdinand right mm -hmm. this was the the match point for policies that the far left have been looking to push forward for, for forward for 20 years right ever since we had uh, Giuliani and Bloomberg, who had the, the quality of lives, broken windows, full enforcement, zero tolerance. We brought subway crime, as you know, from 1990. It was way here. And I worked my butt off in the subway with the cops and the sergeants, plain clothes, up and down the line, full enforcement. We brought crime down, way, way down. And, and as soon as they stopped enforcing all of these quality of life issues, we saw crime creep up, right? Disorder creeps up. So. I, we also have to, I think, Chief, and you could jump on in, differentiate between doing what you have to do to de-escalate a situation, because we should always try to do that, and differentiate between that. And once violence starts, addressing the violence and the disorder appropriately. And certainly one thing has very, very little to do with the other. I would commend those, those officers, those chiefs, for trying, but you know, once it starts, we have to take care of business. Remember the Crown Heights riots in 1990? Yes. Well, the, the Dinkins said, let them wild. Let them get it out of the system. That was wrong then, and it was wrong in 2020, 
right? It was wrong in 2020. We have to immediately respond appropriately and proportionately to disorder and crime when it happens. So, Chief, again, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but that's where we are. And I, I just, I wanted to kind of confess to you and tell you that that was certainly was my intention. And let's have a discussion about what, what the police, the state of the police is right now. The state of the police department is, as you see it, from, from all of your years of work and what we can do as a city to support the police and address all of the crime and disorder that's going on in the city right now. That's very important. And Vito, I appreciate you. And taking a look at the commander and the criticism that we, the police department and those commanders who knelt, uh, it's important to reflect that at that moment, they are operationally in a, in a situation where it's volatile. We have demonstrators. And I think their actions were in good faith at that yes. moment. But there's another thing they've always said they taught us to us at the police academy that you are always being watched by the public. What you do, whether you're walking down the street, drinking a cup of coffee, speaking on a cell phone, people are watching. And not only regular people, citizens, the bad guys are watching you, and also the good guys are watching you, your fellow officers. And what you do in public, and it's recorded, is going to be critiqued, and taking people will look at it and say, well, that's not appropriate. So sometimes it, it is easy to criticize managerial but again i think that it's important what was in their heart what they were trying to convey at the moment but unfortunately the perception of that through the rank and file was that we were appeasing the crowd that was demanding and it was basically i understand that there were some religious figures there and they said we're going to kneel for a moment a prayer but what happened is that it appears to other public and police officers and law enforcement where we try to stay neutral of those things that we don't look like we're appeasing the public or we're surrendering and to, to their, uh, the public safety and everything else to them. And that now the crowd is in control. And we have to, as managers and as supervisors, kind of take a look at that and, and take a look at it very quickly and make a decision on that. I don't think, I think, that wasn't just these two guys, right? There were, there were lieutenants, there were other chiefs that, that, that did it as well. Getting caught up in the moment, like you said, and also trying Look, I mean, these keyboard warriors love to talk about, oh, he should go in there, they should do this, they should do that, but they've never had a brick thrown at them. Mm -hmm. They've never been at the bad end of a Molotov cocktail. They've never been spit at. They've never been hit. So my feeling is if you could keep a cop out of that situation, then that's the thing you want to try to do. Mm -hmm. But you can never, remember what happened in Minneapolis? They surrendered a police station, for God's sakes. That could never, ever happen. That should never happen. That was an ultimate disgrace. And it's one thing to try to keep people out of harm's way. And one thing says, well, listen, we got to go. We got to go. We got to take care of business. And, you know, again, I was wrong for, 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 for supporting that. But like the chiefs, you know, I was just trying to prevent violence. That was, that was my only intention. I think, that, I think that most police commanders, when they take a look at it, they said, oh, we should not do that. We should not be. Yeah. But there's a tendency. If you're the highest ranking member there and you end up um, doing that, then your, your subordinates may very well do the same. But again, we have to kind of reflect on it. And, and it's sometimes it's a, they don't have a lot of time to ponder this decision. And, but the decisions that we make as elected officials, as mayors mm -hmm. and police chiefs, we cannot surrender police facilities and oh. allow these buildings 
to be taken over. And then subsequently they were burned in Seattle. They lost those police precincts and right. they were burned to the ground. And this is what happens when you appease violence. Mm -hmm. Not de-escalate, but when you appease violence, it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop, yeah. it just continues and it escalates. So it's something that um, you really can't allow to happen. And you know, you have my word that uh, <laughs> I would never support any kind of defunding the police or any kind of thing that, that really makes our officer's job uh, any harder, because mm -hmm. it's hard enough. And I mean, this newest thing was the mayor did this settlement, this ACLU settlement. I wrote an op-ed in the, the New York Post about it, where, where he's, he agreed to all of these conditions for protest that he didn't really have to agree to. He could have held his ground, but he decided to, to make this agreement with the ACLU, and I think it was a wrong-headed move on his part. I think that it's important that the decisions, and again, granted that the, the mayor was a police captain, but some of these things matter should be discussed with the rank and file, the, the, the people, the operational right. people who are out there in the field who, it's very specific, disorder control is, is almost a science where some people yes. are much better at it than others. And in New York City, I think we do an excellent job in dealing with crowd control. And what happened is that over the years, and, and in my own experience, and I'm being involved in disorder control, you know, when we address the crowds and when the people are breaking the laws and they're smashing vehicles, trying to uh, break into stores, the arrest made a huge difference because we set an example early on, as opposed to letting it say, well, perhaps let them get out of their system. Let them burn it out. That's no, just a that, totally wrong move. That totally does wrong. not work. Does not work. And that only causes more problems down the road. So what happened is that New York is fortunate to have a large police force that can muster up large numbers, as opposed to small localities that only can get a couple of hundred cops. Right. We can get several hundred to a thousand officers at a specific location when we know something is, is, is uh, escalating and it's expanding. But that's the secret to it. There's no science to it. And again, take away their anonymity. The problem is more difficult now that people wear masks because previously the law required if you could not be masked, it right. wasn't Halloween. Disorderly you know, conduct. You were going to be charged with disorderly conduct by being in a group. Three or masked, more? Three or more. Oh, wow, look and at that. Masked. Yes. Right. My, my, and that I, was used. My study comes, comes back way, way back, <laughs> 40 years ago. Discuss the matters, talk about it, and we don't shut people down because, again, we should be able to share our ideas yes. and we should not try to shut any any one side and, and stop the discussion. Because what happened is that when we don't discuss things, lack of communication causes us more problems. The more we talk, the better off we can. Listen, the more we talk, the better off we are. We gotta try, try to find some common ground mm -hmm. because the people of the city, the state, the country, they do want us to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Chief, thank you again. Thank you.